Welcome back to Interviews and In-Studio. I'm your host, Luke Adams. Today we have a very special guest in studio with us, George Gellis. George is very active in the Purdue music scene as frontman of both Alcazal and the Techno Project. Neotact, how are we doing today, George? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Great. It's great to have you. Uh, as many of you know from my personal life, George is actually my housemate for the summer. It's great, and I just had to have him in, especially because he seems to have a lot of interesting things brewing in the future. But just to start off and get the, sort of the questions brewing for our audience, uh, I want to sort of get a feel for the work you're doing. So how exactly did Alcazal come to be? Before we continue, I want to say, yeah, thank you for having me. This is a very cool space. Purdue does not have something like this. It's really cool <laughs> to see like just a radio show place built into like the basement of one of your dorms. I mean, mm -hmm. Purdue has one, but like it's nothing yeah. like this. We're glad to flex. Oh, yeah, quite the flex. Mm -hmm. Alcazel, we have a band. It's more of a collective. I like to think of it because mm -hmm. we are just like really just a group of individual musicians who all come together and every person really brings their own thing. Like everyone has like, like we have two different songwriters and our mm -hmm. bassist is doing his own project, which we're definitely going to start, you know, incorporating into our shows because it's also like exactly what we're doing. So it's more of a collective. And the other Alcazal, who's our other frontman, so to speak, mm -hmm. I met him just literally through Instagram. I mean, there was a small community of Purdue musicians that um, there's like uh, there's there's maybe like five musicians, you know, at, mm -hmm. at Purdue. It's like mm -hmm. very small community, and it's just <laughs> like I genuinely like enjoyed his work. And he he wasn't like a producer by any means; like he was just doing everything in Garage Band and. I was just getting into like music production. So, you know, I really liked his music and I like hit him up and I'm saying like, yo, we should do something. And he came over to our jazz band room. It was just me and him like in one of the quiet practice rooms, like with a couple of the microphones, mm -hmm. just like recording a demo. And we never really did anything with that demo because he eventually re-recorded it and it became one of his songs, um, Give Me a Job, I believe. But... Mm -hmm just like yeah i told him yo let's try something he said sure you know and he ended up coming over and we really we really had like a good musical connection like we both enjoyed the same music you know both of us had similar goals in mind so it was just like really came together super well you know mm -hmm. far out so you said a minute ago that like you're everyone in this group had or in this collective has their own like contribution what do you think your contribution is within alcazal sphere that that's a that's a good question so um we have four members kind of five like we have a fifth guitarist who comes in and out so our main group consists of gabriel who is alcazel mm -hmm. um then there's me mm -hmm. then there's anthony our bass player mm -hmm. and ben our drummer so gabriel he is all he writes all of the Alcazal songs. So everything that we have on Spotify, those are his creations. Mm -hmm. Um, I helped produce them. Like mm -hmm. so he gives me when he gives them to me, like they don't really sound like they do in the studio version. Like the melody's all there, but it's all very like muddy. Mm -hmm. And my job is to kind of, you know, produce it up, make yeah. it make it sound radio ready, mm -hmm. you know. Then we have our bass player, Anthony who's like a fantastic bass player, great like jazz musician. He does his own thing, which is like lo-fi hip hop. Well, that's what he was doing. And now he like switched over to like noise, shoegaze, rock. Mm -hmm. And he's doing that. 
And then my contribution is kind of the whole Iron Curtain side. So Mm -hmm. like our full title is Al-Kazal and the Iron Curtain. And we kind of, our group was was like Anthony, Ben, and me. We were the Iron Curtain. Mm -hmm. And yeah, those are, those are, that group, like we have our own sort of songs that I, I mostly writ, writ, like wrote them, but they really came together with the group. So I guess my contribution would be like as another songwriting force in this collective. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Gabriel has his own, but he prefers to work alone. That's just like how he's always been. So mm-hmm. yeah, I guess I'm just like another songwriter. And we have a couple of, we have like an album brewing. Like this fall, Ooh. we're going to be finally like hunkering down and recording all our parts because like we've been working on them for a while and we think that they're at the point where they're ready to like record, you know? All right. So uh, speaking of that, like I, I've been peak a lot of this for uh, all the viewers, a lot of their inspiration is on like their Insta. And I saw all these like jam sessions that both or both have been posted in the ones you've showed me privately. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you say that like everyone, all everyone's contributions come together and do the full Alcazel mix, is that kind of the environment where these ideas are generated? What type of ideas? Like, what do you mean by ideas? Like, how how do these how does the, how do the Alcazal songs come into picture? Do they come? Do you are they whittled down from these jam sessions, or are they? That's a good question. So, all of the Alcazal songs are entirely written by Gabriel. Mm-hmm. So, but we still, as a group, we do a lot of jamming and. We record all of it like my phone is just like filled with hour long rehearsals and it's, mm-hmm. it's it really came so the reason why we do that it came from um it came from an interview from like a famous producer um it was uh, I can't I don't remember his name off the top of my head but he did like the Phoenix records mm-hmm. like he's like some French dude Pierre Jean Pierre something like that um he only recently like, passed away but. Mm-hmm. There was like an interview I was watching, and Phoenix when they created their album, like Wolfgang, uh, Amadeus, Amadeus Phoenix, Amadeus yeah. Phoenix, that one, mm-hmm. fantastic. I album. love that. Yeah, a lot of those songs they did. They came into the studio without any of them written, and their entire process for creating that album was like, okay, let's do like a forty-five minute jam session, record it, listen back. And see like, okay, what parts do we like out of there? And it'll maybe be like 10 seconds out of the whole hour that you guys do that like you really like. But mm-hmm. that idea, which was like just spontaneous in the moment, can be like the basis for an entirely new song jam. You know, mm-hmm. we, have, we have a bunch of them that we just improv, you know, and they're all slowly being worked on, you know, all of us like. Wow. Yeah. And I think Rick James talked about doing like the same thing, just like recording huge jams and like taking little sections. It might have been Rick, ah, that something yeah. like that. Yeah, well, yeah, but that's that sounds familiar from a lot of artists that I think about. But that is tremendous. Yeah, and there's just like there have just been moments where, like, especially when you're playing as a group, you maybe not think you you maybe like don't realize like you're doing something special. But then like you listen back and you're like, holy crap! Like this sounds great. Like we have a couple jams which were just like entirely just like came out of like you know very emotional states but just like listening back you know they've become the start of like an entirely new idea like mm-hmm. maybe like an interlude or something but mm-hmm. yeah i it mean makes, it makes it ends up somewhere yeah and a lot of them don't you know a lot of them will maybe just like mm-hmm. post them like on an instagram story and let them disappear right. 
So you mentioned a few minutes ago, and I kind of jumped away from it, but you mentioned that you have an like an album brewing, as well as like you said also mentioned on your Insta along an unsight like an unnamed acoustic album. Uh, what can we expect on these fronts? So there is an Alcazal album that is very close to being finished. We've been working on it since last fall, mm-hmm. and uh, two of the songs that have been released under the name Alcazal recently, uh, Bayakin and Save mm-hmm. Face are both singles off that album. Ooh. And there are a bunch of other really fantastic songs. Like, I, I did not write them. I, I produced them, but, like, I genuinely, like, love everything about them. Like, they're they're really fantastic songs. Mm-hmm. And we've been working on them for a year. Um, they're sort of acoustic, um, but they really retain, like, the rock element. Mm-hmm. It's it's it, 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 there's a lot of influences in it, but we where I personally am finishing up like this. It's just been a very busy summer, so I haven't been able to like invest my whole time into mixing these final tunes. But we have two left that we need to finish producing. Uh, one of them is very close to being done. It's kind of like it. It's like a chill. It has like a chills like beach vibe with kind of like. Um, like Jack Johnson type vibes. Yeah. Just very catchy, like and then there's like some heavier stuff reminiscent of like eighties po- post punk in there. So mm-hmm. it's it's all over the place, but I'm I, I'm re- I'm very excited to see it finally released. That's terrific. And I'm especially excited because Bea Keen I've been listening to a lot recently. Gorgeous. It's a song. Really great single. And one of, it also strikes me one of the more interesting things I find out the band, which is that a lot of the especially like the Pere Albiem Mi Pueblo, the whole EP is spoken in Spanish. Mm-hmm. What motivated that decision? So uh Gabriel is from Puerto Rico. Uh-huh. So he is bilingual at the least Mm -hmm. Uh, so so he speaks spanish and english and i think that puerto rican has like there's like some words in there that are very like i I don't want to say call it like a dialect but there's some words that like other spanish speak or like like latin countries like don't use so it's some sort of spanish um and I do not know a single word that's being said on the album. Okay, maybe like a couple in there. Like mm-hmm. I don't really understand like exactly what he's singing about, but whatever he's singing about, I mean, it's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that that one, that album, that EP, three songs, which was Ahos and La Mira, La Juria, and then Convida. Mm-hmm. That was last summer. That was released, and that like that considering how young gabriel is like that that's like a very promising ep for like future stuff i mean it's really like it has a host is like very it's a great rock song it's very reminiscent of um like radiohead almost Mm -hmm. um cone vida is like a great psychedelic pop tune la juria is a super relaxing like Mm -hmm. gorgeous harmonies in there like it's he's very promising stuff it's it's all the stuff i've heard from you guys has been fantastic oh yeah so we yeah so this album I think it will be around six to eight songs, and you guys already heard like we've already released two of them, but there's a couple more. And you know, I like I said, I started this last year, and so part of what I do is mastering, which is like getting mm-hmm. the music, getting the mixes ready for like radio release. I've gotten much better on that, so it might even be delayed a couple more weeks just so I can maybe remaster some stuff that I'm unhappy with. You know, it's just like this is 
like so much time's gone into it, we might as well spend some more time getting it perfect, you know. But mm, for sure. Definitely within the year. Yeah. Within sure. this, within before the end of twenty one, oh, it will be yes. released a hundred percent. So. On another note, I'm very interested in that there's a heavy dissonance between the very jam-intensive, or jam, at least in terms of the writing process, raw work with Alcazel, and then your techno work under Neotech. Uh, do you think take a different ethos into both projects, or is there any similar mindset that you try to take into both projects? That, that's a good question. Um, electronic music production is, yeah, it's an entirely different beast. Mm -hmm. I mean, you approach it differently, like... It's much more of like almost like a mathematical approach. Mm -hmm. Not mathematical, but there's more of just like, you know, I, I everything is like sequenced and you have to you mm -hmm. have to know like what what MIDI channel to turn on and what turn off. Because most of the recordings that most of the electronic music that I do is recorded like with hardware synthesizers with so many buttons and knobs and it's just like there's a lot of technicalities to it which personally i really like i mean i'm an i'm an engineer mm -hmm. like electrical engineer is my is what i'm studying so it's like it goes yeah. really hand in hand with that and just like the creativity of all these hardware instruments i can create like any sound i want on these synthesizers it sounds great mm -hmm. and yeah it's just it is a, it is a different approach i'm it comes from I don't know what it is. Yeah, I get it. I get it. You seem to be have a much more like a emphasis on like the technicality of it. Absolutely, yeah. That's yeah. a good way to put it. There, there's like it's a lot about like layering, flow. It's it's really more of just like it's more of like a practice in production. You can think of it like mm -hmm. which I yeah like which I take into my for example like producing Alcazel. Like a lot of that's a lot of those techniques in the mix are taken from you know like electronic music production. Ah. So on that, you say that you're, you're kind of, so you say that like the, that sort of view influences it to a degree or vice versa? The skills that you learn through mastering one kind like kind of influence your palette on another hand? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, you know, in the end, it's really all just music, you know, mm -hmm. rhythm, harmony, melody. Mm -hmm. It's all really like this, it's all really the same. Right. And yeah, I mean, electronic music, just it, like doing that, doing the Neotech project allows me to approach it from a very different method mm -hmm. or it's like from a different, just just from like a different part of me, I guess. Like, Yeah, all right. I see. Do you see yourself like as in terms of a musician primarily as a technician or do you see technique as a way to produce art? That's a that's a fantastic question, you know. That's something that like I've struggled, not like struggle with like, like asking myself, like, like I ask myself that question quite a bit. Like, do I want to be like the, the music industry is very difficult and like being like a technician like that is it's it's a very solid way mm -hmm. uh, and like stable way of being part of this industry. You know, like mm -hmm. as like a producer, you will always have like a somewhat like you have like a steady supply of money because, you know, bands just keep on coming and coming. You can help produce and make them and yeah like I, I really like the technical side but at the same time I like to I, I'm not like a I was never like a very literary person you know like I wasn't good in English class and just like writing my own songs and lyrics is like it's a way to I, I do it to like push myself that way mm -hmm. and yeah I mean maybe it's not like technical but it's like it's kind of keep yourself well-rounded you know yeah. all right, all right. 
Well, that's all for today. Thank you all for tuning in. This is Luke Adams at the Interviews and In Studios signing off. Thank you, George. Yeah, thank you for having me. All right. See you later.